There's Kevin. Hi, Kevin. All right. So we've got a few people joining us. Great. Let's go ahead and get some questions in. I don't think we had anything come into Healthy Tribe. Hey, Kevin. So I'm not sure if any of you listened today to the after hour show. Kevin and I kind of just, it was like a, kind of like a free hour and a half of just free talking. We didn't really go over any case studies or anything like that. Hi, Mike. Um, but anyways, in the future, because I did have a case study ready for today, and it's a pretty good one, I think. I mean, the case is, you know, has to do with anxiety. And we're going to talk about different things that contribute to anxiety. A lot of people think that um, anxiety is all in our heads. And it's kind of like a, some, you know, some people understand like there's a chemical component to it. Um, but it's actually very interconnected. The body is a beautiful thing. So it's one of those, it's just like anything else. You have to address the foundations when it comes to anxiety, just like you do for everything. So looking forward to talking about that in the future. But um, does anyone know, I'm just curious, does anyone know like any of the, you know, kind of the hidden causes of anxiety, things that could potentially cause an anxious um, kind of outcome in someone if, if anything you know, that you can think of really contributes to it. I'd love to know um, if, you know, your opinion on that, if you happen to know any, um, because I think it's, uh, it's quite the topic. I've been coming across a lot more people lately in the discovery calls and the one-on-ones that have anxiety. And even if they're not reaching out to address it specifically, I notice that a lot of them are on medications um, for anxiety or depression, and usually it's not just one medication. Uh, it's, it's a whole cocktail of them. What's this, Kevin? Oh, these are your little babies. Very cool. What kind of plants are all those? Kevin talked a lot as well about um, gardening and his struggles with gardening this season because it doesn't seem like the weather is cooperating very, you know, very well. But anyhow, hi, Mike. I was listening to the earlier program, Mike says, and I believed that I overheard it mentioned that chamomile is a grain. Is that true? And should I stop using it for tea? You know, that actually stood out to me as well, Mike. I never have thought of chamomile as a grain. Um, definitely something to look into. If I could free type and free search right now, I would do that for you. But I, I did not know that chamomile was a grain. So um, maybe someone else who's on here can do a quick search and just let us know what you find. Because that was the first I've heard of that, actually. You know, chamomile is so great because... A lot of people use it for teas, mainly in, you know, as like a calming component. Actually, maybe not a bad thing for someone who has anxiety. But, um, yeah, I did not know it was a grain. So, 
interesting to know, especially if we're grain free, because if you are sensitive to grains, then and it is a grain, then surely it would trigger it would trigger a reaction. Ken says, I forgot to add that inulin to my second batch of yogurt. Is it still prebiotic? Ooh, that's a good question for Kevin, but I think you need to add the prebiotic in it for it to be prebiotic. I'm definitely probiotic, um, I would assume. Does the inulin, Kevin, does that, um, does that serve an additional purpose other than a prebiotic purpose? I would think that you would have to have it in there for the probiotics, all that bacteria to have something to eat. Trenton said he's finally getting some sun. That's great. In Florida here, we're getting a lot of sun and not enough rain. So it looks like everyone's kind of in a different position in terms of weather, depending on where you are. Yeah, Kevin said, no, it does feed the bacteria. So you do need the inulin in the, uh, in the yogurt. You can make it without yogurt, but you won't get as much bacteria. So yeah, kind of what I presumed. Kevin, so you have 90 tomato plants, 60 pepper plants, 60 pea plants, and five cannabis plants, and a bunch of herbs just right there in that photo? Wow. That is a lot. Question for you, since you brought it up, five cannabis plants. How are you using those specifically? I'm curious. Yeah, Kevin said that not all chamomile is a grain. The most common version is an herb. Interesting. I'm still, I'm still going to have to dig deeper into this because I had no idea chamomile, any form of chamomile was a grain. I always thought of it as an herb. I guess maybe there are different, there are different types. Apparently there are. Let's see. Kenneth. Yeah, Kenneth, Kevin answered your question. Basically, you know, the, the amount of bacteria in your yogurt is not going to be as, you know, it's not going to be as much because they don't have a food to really feed off of. So if you put the inulin in there, I wonder though, if you can add it after the fact, Kevin, can you add the inulin after it's been you know, you've already started making it. I wonder if it's just feeding them. Why not? <laughs> I clearly have not made yogurt before. <laughs> John, chronic inflammation and pain and its effects on weight loss. Okay, John. Well, I think we could do an entire show on inflammation. Um, but first, let's answer, let's answer, the question about the bacteria and the yogurt. The bacteria will feed on sugars in the dairy. So there is, so yeah, so the bacteria is still eating, so it's gonna have bacteria, but obviously it's not gonna have the additional prebiotics, which I'm sure is what makes this yogurt so um, packed full of, of good healthy bacteria. So John, to answer your question about inflammation, 
So inflammation is basically associated with pretty much every ailment that you could think of. Um, pretty much every disease state, um, the root of it is inflammation. So in terms of how it is associated and affects weight loss, it, you know, it definitely, what, let me ask you, what kind of inflammation are you talking about? Cause you just say chronic inflammation and pain. Um, you know, is it like something more, you know, physical, like, a something that like an, from an injury or are we talking like systemic inflammation? Um, you know, that is like a chronic issue that if it's not addressed, doesn't ever go away. I'm curious to know what kind of inflammation you're, you're referring to. Yeah, Kevin, can you, but Kevin, can you add inulin after you started make, making the, the yogurt or do you have to start with the inulin? I know it feeds the bacteria and you get more bacteria because, you know, they're, multiplying quicker with all that food but in terms of at what stage like if you forgot the step can you add it later i'm just curious about that all right so does anyone want to take a guess about different things that kind of hidden causes basically of anxiety like what can contribute to anxiety John, degenerative osteoarthritis, having hip replacement in late September. I mean, for something like that, osteoarthritis in your hip, I would, I don't, I don't think that's going to really contribute much to your, um, your weight loss goals other than the inability to, you know, move, you know, efficiently and properly and get proper exercise. But I don't think that that should really be affecting. Now, if you're talking systemic inflammation, like in the gut, stuff like that, then yes, that can absolutely contribute to, you know, usually you have a dysbiosis going on, which is, um, you know, a mixture of bacteria that, you know, basically can affect your, your ability to lose weight. But in terms of the osteoarthritis, even though osteoarthritis, I know it's it's thought um, it's usually thought of as something that comes from like an injury or overuse of certain parts of your body, but it is associated, especially if it's degenerative, it can be associated with autoimmune disease, um, which as well can affect. Um, well, it's usually caused by leaky gut syndrome. So if it's degenerative, that is kind of making me think that perhaps you could have a dysbiosis, you could have a leaky gut situation going on, which will cause inflammation, systemic inflammation as well, um, cause an immune response, which causes you know more inflammation. So it could absolutely be affecting your, you know, your weight loss. Kevin says the pain will release stress hormones and cause and can block weight loss. Hmm, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I didn't even think that your pain must be um, pretty up there if you're having to get uh, replacement surgery. That's never any fun. But yeah, that makes sense. Uh, stress hormones like 
cortisol and epinephrine and norepinephrine, those can absolutely cause, actually they can, they increase blood sugar. So blood sugar regulation gets impaired. Um, when blood, when our blood sugar is high, then we know that insulin is released and we know that insulin makes, makes us gain weight. So there's your little kind of, um, stream of what's going on in terms of how pain can be associated with, um, weight loss or lack thereof weight loss. So very interesting. All right. So keep those questions coming. Yeah. John says the pain is constant bone on bone ball is mushroomed socket is shrinking. No spacing. Oof. Well, it sounds like the surgery is needed then. Um, I always recommend that people wait as long as they can before getting a surgery like that. Uh, there's so much changing in that whole realm that there's constantly new devices, um, new technology coming out, but it sounds like if it's bone on bone and all of that, you have to be in a lot of pain. So good luck on that. When did you say it was going to be your surgery soon? So good luck with that. Keep us posted on that, on how that goes. Um, but also I'm curious to know, um, where you are in terms of your weight loss goals and, and whatnot, like your whole journey there. All right. Any other questions yet? Let's see. So back to some hidden causes of anxiety, because I know that that was the show that we we're going to do. Um, we, there are tons of hidden causes of anxiety, basically, um, nutrient deficiencies being one of them. Um, and one thing that most people don't think about when your blood sugar drops, so say you're unstable and you're, you have a, you know, sh sh a sugar surge, and then you come back down, essentially what's going on there is, you know, it could be equivalent that drop in sugar can be equivalent to having uh, an anxiety attack. So we want to make sure that sugar is balanced properly and all of that, but more to come on that. Cause we're going to do a whole show. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I did a, a lot of digging to prepare for it. So looking forward to that one. Tammy asks is organic milk products, lactose free, like sour cream that has that's low to no carbs is acceptable. Okay. Sorry. Is it acceptable for people with gut dysbiosis issues? All right. Well, I guess it depends. All right. Let me see if I understand your question. Organic milk product products that are lactose free. So in terms of lactose in milk products, um, that, so the lactose and casing are typically the two things that people are sensitive to when it comes to, to dairy. We know that. Um, so are you asking about a specific milk product that you know is lactose free? You say it has low to no carbs. Um, so it, got, it all depends, you know, in terms of your gut dysbiosis, it depends on what is causing it. 
what, you know, if, are you sensitive to lactose? It's hard to say, do you know if you're sensitive to lactose, Tammy? Um, you know, it could be, it could absolutely contribute to dysbiosis. Um, but it all depends, you know, have you done an elimination diet? You know, when we treat dysbiosis, we're typically doing an elimination to find out what is triggering it. Um, making sure we remove everything that could potentially be causing a dysbiosis. And then we slowly start to um, reintroduce things back in. So when we reintroduce different foods back in, um, you'll know right away if you're having a reaction. So that's the whole idea of an elimination diet. So um, it depends, you know, uh, do you know for sure if you're sensitive to lactose um, or for, to dairy and you just testing out, you know, lactose-free dairy? Mm. Okay, so you're not lactose intolerant, more casein. And you eat it pretty much daily. You just wanted to know if it produces sugars in the GI. Got it. Yeah, my assumption is it does. I mean, doesn't dairy produce sugars? Kevin, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, and Kevin did mention that the FIT test would determine if you're reacting to proteins or not. And we can have someone go ahead and post a link to the FIT test if you'd like. Kevin thinks that it should be low carb enough for, for it to not be a problem. Sorry guys, I'm a little distracted. I didn't realize that um, someone was picking up my dog and I had someone knocking on the door. So if I seem a little scattered, it totally threw me off. <laughs> um, my bad. All right, so Tammy, you can do a fit test to determine you know, whether or not um, you're reacting to the proteins in the yogurt. Um, now, let's see. Yeah, Kevin thinks that it's, you know, it's low carb enough to not be a problem. And if you're, I mean, Tammy, the question is, are you feeling off when you eat it? I think that's like the number one, you know, determinant, you know, are you able to eat it without having a reaction? Because if you are, then great. But if you're having these reactions, these symptoms like bloating and discomfort and maybe having to run to the bathroom because things are running right through you, then I would start asking these questions. But if you're eating it daily and you're not having any reactions, then I don't think it's something you should be worried about. <laughs> yeah, no, no reactions. So you're good. Yeah. Sometimes... We overthink things and we think, oh, because something could potentially be, be bad for us or be, can potentially cause, you know, a bad reaction in some people or someone with dysbiosis. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's causing it for you or you have to be concerned about it. Now, when you have to be concerned about it or when you should be asking these questions is when you're eating something and it's causing discomfort, if it's causing bloating you know, gas, um, like distension, pain even, um, or bowel, you know, disruption where you're going to have to run to the bathroom or something like that, then you should be asking these questions. But if you're eating it every day and you love it and it, you're feeling great, then I'm, 
I'm pretty certain that you're not having any issues with it. So you can continue to eat it, no problem. All right, let's see. Oh, Mike, um, you missed the, the answer about the chamomile. Kevin said that there are several types of chamomile and one of them is strictly an herb and the other is considered a grain. So like I said, I personally, I, I'm very interested in this. I will definitely dig a little bit deeper. Um, but yeah, it's supposedly um, just check to see what chamomile you're, you're using and see if it's a grain. I definitely intend to look a little deeper into that. Um, especially, it's not something that I would ever tell people to look out for if they have a grain sensitivity. So, you know, good to know. <laughs> Sonia says she really needs to find her inner gardener. So do I. <laughs> it's funny. I, uh, I'm very inspired by Kevin in his garden. It is unbelievable. The commitment he has to it, the fact that he's buying bacteria and bugs and different every, like so many different things to place in the garden to help combat the, you know, the bad things like the aphids and the, the worms and stuff like that. I had no idea that people were doing that. I mean, I know that people buy um, ladybugs and, and whatnot, but I'm telling you, I, I just, I'm very inspired by it. I personally have very limited uh, growing experience. My garden, I we have a little section of, I think it's garlic, but all I do, I, I don't know if it's garlic or green onion, but I treat it like green onion. I've never dug up the root, like the actual, you know, core of it. So I just cut pieces off and I chop them up and I use it like I would a green onion. I have that, I have rosemary, which you can grow rosemary anywhere. Wonderful. Um, and then I've had pretty good success with tomato plants. This year I planted a tomato plant and it grew so quickly and I've had, it budded, I, there were buds on it. Not one fruit has come from those buds. I don't know what's going on. Um, and I'm just, at this point, I'm not kind of like counting it as a loss. I just, I just don't know where to begin. Kevin says I need pollinators. Great. Well, I guess I have to buy pollinators now. So yeah, I don't know the first thing about, about the garden. Our blueberries, we do have blueberries. We have two blueberry plants and um, every year they're just not, they don't, there's not much yields. They're just, you know, we get the beautiful little bell blossoms and then those turn into berries. But I mean, I'm telling you, probably about a hundred blueberries between the two plants. That's not very many blueberries, if you ask me. And I don't know if they're supposed to keep producing, but they produce once, about maybe 50, not even 50 each, and then they stop, they stop blooming. So I don't know, but yeah, it sounds like I need pollinators. Asin bees and leaf cutter bees. Yeah, I gotta look into that because I don't know what's going on. So yeah, tomatoes not doing so well. What else we've got? I have the tower garden. Um, it's kind of been out of commission for a little bit because 
I was growing celery in it and cutting celery. So the cutting celery is only supposed to be used, like you cut the greens off the top and I use them in like when I make chicken salad and I put them in uh, broth when I'm making bone broth or like soup bases. But that thing grew so big, it got stuck in the tower. So, and then the tower kind of started slanting. So it was at at an angle and it's a gravity drip machine so the pump puts pulls water to the top and then it trickles down and that's how it gets to all the plants and so it was leaning so all the plants in the back stopped getting or in the front stopped getting water so they all died so as you can imagine I'm just I was at my wits end so I had to take the whole thing apart I had to pull all the roots out I had to clean it all out and then rebuild it. So it was a big project that we did last weekend. So I'm hoping, I don't think I'm going to get to it today, but maybe tomorrow morning I'll run out and grab um, the little starter plants for that. Uh, Last year I grew cucumbers, really amazing cucumbers, like huge ones um, from the tower garden. I had to drape the vines over the fence and kind of keep it, you know, held up there. But the cucumbers came out great. I'm hoping... I'd like to do squash. I don't need to grow the full squash, but I like to do squash blossoms. I love squash blossoms. You can stuff them and those are so good. So I'll keep you posted in terms of my my tower garden as I get it going, but I tell you, I am not a good gardener. Let's see here. All right, Scott. I had cabbage and broccoli growing once, but those bugs got them, so that was a loss. Got tomatoes on their last legs and jalapenos and banana peppers working now. There you go. Peppers, I think, are relatively easy. Um, but, and then, you know, the tomatoes, man. And then how much work is it with a tomato? You have to, I mean, how often do you have to pinch the top of the tomatoes? That was another thing. If I left for, you know, a week, I'd come back and my tomato plants would be so overgrown, I wouldn't know where to begin. Can you just lop them off and kind of start with a smaller plant? Or do you have to stay on top of it and constantly be pinching the suckers? It was, it took me, I mean, I would go out there every morning and pinch suckers and I never got it right. I get, tomatoes, they're like weeds. They grow like weeds. <laughs> All right. Scott says, I wonder if HOA would get mad about renting bees. Didn't even know that was an option. I doubt your HOA probably wouldn't even know. And I mean, they don't have to know. Right. And, um, yeah, actually Kevin jumped in on this one too. Yeah. They would never know. Uh, they don't create hives and they don't sting. You'll hardly know they're even there. Yeah. Kevin was saying that some of them are so tiny. You wouldn't even know it was a bee. So yeah, I would try it, Scott. Why not? I don't think anyone would know where they came from. All right, Mike said, I'm back on online, had to get an order I placed straightened out. Okay, well, welcome back. Peppers are easy, Kevin said, if you have hot weather. Yeah, so he has to work hard for a good pepper crop because, you know, his weather situation. Scott says that his challenge is on, he's on the road five days in Phoenix. Yeah, those tomatoes get them really, really fast. I agree. I'm, I'm telling you, I can't keep, I can't keep up with them. 
I really, I believe that they're a weed. I truly do. I think they're a weed that just happened to fruit. Thomas, you never got your email. I will double check that. Let me write it down right now before I forget because you should have gotten an email. My apologies if you didn't, but I will double check and resend if it didn't go through or whatever happened. I will, uh, I'll make sure that we get that to you. All right. What other questions do we have? Actually, we're right up against time here. So maybe we'll take one more and then we'll hop off. And again, my apologies. I was totally distracted. I had my dog barking and someone was picking him up and I had no idea because we went straight from the show and I, you know, ran and, you know, had a little snack and straight into this. But stay tuned for our um, anxiety topic. We're going to have a show and the topic will be anxiety. The hidden fact that, you know, the hidden things that are causing anxiety and things that we don't think about. You know, there's so many people that think that anxiety is, you know, just like a stress thing that happens in our head and, you know, and we have to use medication to deal with it, but there are so many great techniques out there. So I'm looking forward to sharing all that with you guys. All right, Scott, great catching you as well. Happy that you were able to join. Yeah, Mike said that his packaging for the cam for the chamomile um, said that it is listed as an herb. So that's great to know. All right, Sherry, should I add light balance to each water bottle refill or just once a day? Sherry, that depends. You can do a taste test and see when you add it to just water, see um, if you're tasting it. Um, if you can taste it and it's like a pretty strong taste, that means that you're probably getting enough of it. Um, also, you know, other indicators, you know, would be, uh, actually, I think Kevin, yeah, he said, try once a day first. And if you don't experience any muscle cramping, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, cramping is actually a really good indicator of whether or not you're, you have, you know, a sufficient amount of minerals. Um, so that is a good answer as well. But yeah, there's also a taste test. I think if you go on the light balance website, they may actually give you the instructions for a taste test. Um, so you can check that out. But for the most part, if you're tasting it, it's a pretty good indicator that, um, you don't need any more. Also, you know, make sure that you're getting minerals when you're cooking, you know, when you're, you know, in your meals. So when you are cooking foods, just make sure that you're using the proper salt. So, um, I like Redmond's sea salt. Um, so like a pink Himalayan that has, you know, the minerals in it. Um, also a good sea salt. Um, usually you can see the mineral flecks in it. If it's really good sea salt, you'll see like little dark flecks in it. That uh, is typically an indicator that it's chock full of good minerals. So also just be sure that when you're cooking, you're not using, you know, refined salts that are stripped of their minerals and that you're making sure that you're getting the minerals with your salt. And if you're outside sweating, I know it's summer, you know, we're coming into the hotter months. If you're outside sweating a lot, you know, some people are sweating a lot more in the summer. You really want to make sure you're upping your minerals um, 
and even, you know, your water. Just make sure that you're getting your minerals with your water. All right. Mike says he does light balance once a day. All right, guys. I think that we could pretty much wrap up this week's Q&A. If you have any other questions, you know, feel free to submit them to Healthy Tribe. And if we don't get to them there, we can save them for the next Q&A and do, a, uh, you know, talk about them live. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a good one and we'll see you soon. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Angie. She just posted the the taste test there um, for light balance. Awesome. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Take care. Bye.